How's everyone doing? Good. Turn to Luke chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 26. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this Christmas season where we get to celebrate the best gift of all, your Son. We pray you bless our service now. We acknowledge your presence here and acknowledge you and ask for you to be lifted up and glorified. Amen. Uh, a small boy was writing a letter to God about the Christmas presents he badly wanted to get. And so he started his letter. Dear God, I've been good for six months. And then he kind of paused. And he scratched out the six and put a three. So he started again. Dear God, I've been good for three months. And he paused. He scratched out the three, scratched out the months, put two weeks. So he started again, dear God, I've been good for two weeks. And he paused again. And he got up, and he went over to the little nativity scene, the crash in his house, and there was a little figurine of Mary and Joseph. And he took the figurine of Mary, and he carefully wrapped it up in a soft cloth, and he went up into his room and he put it into a drawer in his room, and he came back downstairs, and he started writing his letter again. Dear God, if you want to see your mother again. <laughs> All right, I thought I'd start with the joke to keep things kind of light tonight. <clears throat> anyway, Jesus made his entrance into the world over 2,000 years ago as a baby. And I want to take a moment to look at what this reveals regarding Jesus' equality as well as Jesus' effect on the world. Now, Jesus was a man like no other. And he entered the world in a way no man had before, a virgin birth. Well, what did his entrance signify? It signified God was intervening in the affairs of men. Now, God had promised to do this, and now... He was bringing it to pass. But here's the thing. Had God intervened before? Well, yeah. He had, right? But this was different. How? It was different in the way he intervened. Think about it. Before, it was angels. It was prophets. It was priests. This time was different. This time, God himself 
came down from heaven and entered our world and became one of us. So let's look at Jesus' equality. Jesus has no equal. Think of the first song that we sang tonight. You guys remember what it was? Hark the herald angels sing. I'm making sure you guys are still awake, all right? Hark the herald angels sing. It's one of the great things that I love about hymns, and, and that's why we kind of focus it on it this time with the Christmas season especially, and we sing those Christmas traditional hymns. They are very rich in theology and very rich in meaning. And if you're not careful, that, that stuff, when you're just singing it, it just flies right by you. You can, you can miss it. Think of the words that we sang, though. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Now, what's that saying? It's saying, look, like, look. God is here, hidden in the flesh. And then it goes on, hail the incarnate deity. You know, hail, we give, we give honor. We take notice, the incarnate deity, to the one God who has come down in the flesh. I mean, he has no rival, he has no equal. This is God in the flesh, the incarnate deity. And when Isaiah prophesied that he would be called Emmanuel, God was giving us clear insight into exactly who this little baby would be. Emmanuel, it's, it's, it's one Hebrew word, but it's translated God with us. Okay? Hebrew sometimes starts sticking words together. We like to chop them up in English. But Emmanuel, literally God with us. God himself couldn't have been clear to us what he was doing. He was coming down to be with us. What was the effect that this baby had on the world? I mean, think about it. Little did anyone know what this baby would do. Not just for the Jews, not just for the people at that time, not just for us, but for everyone. I mean, he wiped away sin, right? He dealt with death, yes? Defeated the devil, lived the perfect life, so he could die the ultimate death. He was literally the sacrificial lamb who knew his purpose, knew his calling, and brought it to completion. Willingly laid down his life, and he willingly took it back up again. He laid down his life, why? So that we might have life in him. And this is great news. And if we're not careful, we can miss this great news. The great news of Jesus, is that it's in him that we can have eternal life. He lived that perfect life. He died the perfect death for each one of us. He was crucified on a cross, took each of our sins, yours and mine, onto him so that we could be forgiven, so that the slate could be wiped clean. Years and years ago, you've probably heard of these two brothers, Orville and Wilbur. You know their last names? That's right. The Wright brothers. And it was actually right around Christmas when they had one of their big breakthroughs. They telegraphed back to their sister Catherine, and this was what the telegraph said. We have actually flown 120 feet. We'll be home for Christmas. And that's what they sent through. Well, what did Catherine do? She hurried to the editor at the local newspaper. She was all excited, showed the editor the message. He glanced at it and said, how nice. 
the boys will be home for Christmas. Totally missing the big news that these men had flown and made history. Uh, The application for us is is we can miss the big news too. We can get caught up in the Christmas season. We can get caught up in the gifts. We can even go through the motions of singing songs, even coming here to church and miss the very thing that God has for us. The great news that Jesus came for each one of us and that he wants us to seek after him. That he wants us to trust in him. Because he says in John 14, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. See, our sin separates us from God. And we try all sorts of different ways to get back to God. But God had to come to us. He reached out. That's one of the great things that I love about God the Father. is He saw us in our need. He saw us in our fallenness. He saw us in our wretchedness, and he reached out to us. He solved the problem that we literally couldn't solve. God became a man. He redeemed us. He reached out to us. He rescued us. How? Through his son. And it's in his son, in his son, in his son alone, that we have life. That is the great news, that if we trust in Christ, then the slate is wiped clean. If we put our faith in Jesus, God gives us, he says, the gift of eternal life. Listen, friends, this baby was sent into this world for you, for each one of you. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. With all the gifts tomorrow, don't miss that this gift of Jesus is for you. I mean, think about this. He's born in a manger, right? He started his earthly life surrounded by wood. Then he died on a cross. He ended his earthly life suspended on wood. This relatively obscure birth, born into a relatively obscure family. This is the God-man, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And he came to this earth to redeem a people for his own, to claim a people for his own. And if you trust in Christ, if you put your faith in him, then he gives you that gift of eternal life. He wipes that slate clean, and that break that we've had with God, we can be brought back together with him. Jesus is our mediator, and he mediates between the Father and us and brings peace, a true peace, not a subjective peace, but a true objective peace. There's no longer war. There's peace with us us and God because of what Christ did if we but seek Christ, if we but put our faith and trust in him. That is truly the greatest gift that God could give to us, and in fact, he did. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the greatest gift you've given us, your son Jesus. And I pray for each person here that they would know that, not just in their heads, but in their hearts. I ask, Father, 
that you would speak to each person here even now. That you'd pour out your grace upon each person here. That you'd be merciful to each person here. That you'd give each person the gift of faith in you and in your son. And Jesus, we thank you that you willingly came to this earth out of love for your Father and out of love for us. And you did what we couldn't do. And you give us salvation through your death and resurrection. We love you and we thank you. Amen.